Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. for today is activate your feast. Activate your what? Feast. Or your feasting. Activate your what? Your feasting. Your feasting or your feast. Your feast. Somebody say, Pastor, what do you mean by activating my feast? Well, we're talking about growth this month. We're focusing on us developing spiritually. And the cardinal principle of spiritual growth in the Bible is the consumption of God's word. That's the cardinal principle of growth. It's the consumption of what? So my prayer when I was coming up is that everybody that will listen to this message or listen to it, my prayer is that you become a consummate consumer of the word. Like you will will dig deep. You begin to dig deep into the word of God through all the various avenues available. Amen. Right. So, so the interesting thing about Acts of the Apostle uh, chapter 20 is that it actually is, you know, Paul, in fact, let's read it. Let's read that chapter 20 starting from verse 1. There are actually three feasts that are mentioned in there. Uh, and that's the first thing that caught my attention. I'm like, wow. You see, whenever you're studying the Bible and you see Certain things repeated like that, you know, in a chapter, whatever. Pay attention because that could be the theme of that chapter. So the first thing we said, uh, when the opera was over, Paul sent for the believers and encouraged them. Then he said goodbye and left for Macedonia. While there, he encouraged the believers in other towns. He passed through. Then he traveled down to Greece. When he stayed when he stayed for three months, he was preparing to sail back to Syria when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life. So he decided to return through Macedonia. So that tells you that if you see a threat, listen, you know, I see that in the Bible. You see, if you see a threat, despite the fact that you believe that God protects you, do you get what I'm saying? You need to be wise. You know, some people think that just because we have God's protection, we should also tempt God. The devil told Jesus, why don't you drop down from the, you know, jump down from the mountain. He will give his, the Bible says he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. But what did Jesus say to the devil? He said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So there are some people, they believe that they are protected from coronavirus. And we are. Amen. And we are. And then we read, we read of things like John G. Lake. John G. Lake was a minister um, in the last century, very powerful healing minister, that during the bubonic plague, that he would go and meet people that were sick. He was helping those who were sick, and he would even touch those things with his hand, and they would die instantly. So, 
So some people will say that, you know, John G. Lake did that. You should also be able to go and do that and do it with coronavirus. The question you need to ask yourself, and I'm teaching you, I'm teaching you the truth, I'm teaching you balance, is did God speak the same word he spoke to John G. Lake to you? Is that because when you read testimonials, right, you need to know what was behind it. Say, Jesus walked on water, right? Jesus walked on water. So they say, we are also created in the image of God. We are representative of Christ. So I will also go and walk on water. The question is that, did God speak to you to walk on water like he spoke to Jesus to walk on water? Daniel was in the lion's den, and the lion did not leave, eat him. So there was a man that did that. So the man was at the zoo. So he said, he's going to jump into the zoo because he's going to prove that the same God of Daniel is still alive. You know the way he proved it? That the God of Daniel is still alive? He proved it to the lion. Because it was the God of Daniel that created the lion to eat anything that looks like food. You guys get what I'm saying? So the guy jumped into the place. At first, the lion ran away from him. The guy said, hey, he was cheering. And the lion came back and ate him up and hurt him up. And people were like, ha, but he believed God. There's faith, there's foolishness, and there's presumption. You need to know the difference. If you were caught in a place where there's coronavirus, and you did everything that you could, protect, do whatever, and you trust God, he will protect you. But not when you're foolish. And you're just doing it because you want to prove something. If God led you to do it, God led you and said, go and start laying hands on all those people and don't do whatever and everything. Or you are a medical person, a personnel who goes to work regularly and you do that, you can trust God for protection. But not just when you are just foolish. So you need to understand that. That threats, if they are threats, it does not mean that you have to go into it. You need to find out that what the Holy Spirit wants me to do. I remember there was, when we were about to go to South Africa last year, about this time last year, amazing that it's already one year. About this time last year, and they were killing Nigerian, people of Nigerian origin, you know, there at that particular time. And I was seeing all the videos, right? And people told me, people called me, and they said, don't go to this place because they are killing Nigerians. I went to God, right? And I prayed. I searched my spirit. And God said, go, because all will be well. So we went, and all was well. Do you get what I'm saying? There was direction. But you don't go foolishly and just say, ah, I'm going. If the Holy Spirit had told me then I said, don't go, I will not go and I will not endanger. If I on the trip, there was a particular type of the trip. When uh, they were about to go and do something, we were in um, we were in Worcester and they were about to go and do something in Cape Town, which was a two-hour drive. It was a two-hour drive, Cape Town, and it was raining. They were going to go and do it for the leading lights thing and all that. We're about to go. The Holy Spirit told me, don't let them go. So Pastor Peace is there. I, I said, no, you are not going. With, with the person, you are not going. You, you guys stay. Why? He said, because I don't think you should go. I don't feel it. Do you get what I'm saying? So we need to be sensitive. Someone said, we need to be sensitive. We need to be sensitive. So when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life, he decided to return through Macedonia. He didn't go there. Right, it went in another direction. And you will see it all over. Paul did that, even Jesus did that until the time came for him to go and die. Amen. 
Several men were traveling with him. Especially when you have people traveling with you, don't endanger the lives of people. You get what I'm saying? When I say people traveling with you, I'm talking about, you know, this is a missionary journey. But I'm talking about you have family members that are traveling with you in life. You have children that are traveling with you in life. You have church members that are traveling with you in life. You have to be able to listen to God and follow God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, guys, get what I'm saying? You know, for those who are watching, you know, for those who are watching, and uh, some of them, maybe some people are still not comfortable to come to church. One thing you need to understand, if you have ever worked with us at City Life, if you ever worked with us, like, we don't do anything, anything, except the Holy Spirit say, go and do it. God is my witness that if God did not say, go and start having physical churches and all that, we'll still be having online churches. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Sunday was so good. Ping pong, play, you know, do all kinds of stuff. Just sit down and watch myself preach. That was fun. That was, I mean, it was so wonderful. But then you got to move. Amen. Come on, say you got to move. When God says move, you got to move. Otherwise, then it becomes dangerous for you where you are. Because the safest place on earth is in the will of God. The safest place is not under the mask, you know. Use your mask, but it's not under the mask. The safest place for you is when you're in obedience to God and when you're walking in God's protection. You know, that's just by the way. Several men were traveling with him. They were, they were so so Peter, some of some of you can get names for all those God's your babies. As we read this thing, all the babies, you know, these are great names. So Peter, for the guy, Pyrrhus, Lacon, Phyrus. Those are nice names. Phyrus, Aristarchus, <laughs> Secundus, <laughs> Gaius from Deb, Timothy, and Tychicus. Wow, that's a very. Who is, who is that person? It's Tychicus just appeared. I mean, everybody will bow. write those names that they have meanings, you know. We need some powerful Greek names for kids. And Tropimus. <laughs> Apostle Tropimus. Just the mention of the name, the devils will start to shake. <laughs> Verse 5. Verse 5, please. Let's have some fun. Amen. Can we have some fun in church? Okay. They've locked us in for a long time. Let's have some fun. They went on ahead and waited for us at Troas. Okay, verse 6. I was talking about the festival. So, after the Passover. So, the first festival mentioned here, or the first feast mentioned in Acts chapter 20 is the feast of the Passover. Now, you know the feast of the Passover is about the celebration of Israel being delivered from Egypt, right? So, we boarded a ship at Philippi in Macedonia and five days later I joined them in Troas where we stayed a week. Verse 6. On the first day of the week, we gather with the local believers to share in the Lost Supper. Second feast mentioned there, the Lost Supper. Everybody say the Lost Supper. So the Lost Supper is an updated Passover, basically. It's the believers' Passover. It is what we celebrate because of what Jesus did on the cross that set, up, that set us free, right? So that's feast number two. <laughs> you know, but I, I got to jump because, you know, the, second, the last feast is in Acts 20. Verse 16. 
Acts 20 verse 16. I just wanted to show you that Paul had feast on his mind. Acts 20 verse 16, he says, Paul had decided to sail on past Ephesus for he didn't want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible, in time for what? The festival of Pentecost or the feast of Pentecost. So the feast of Pentecost is a feast that they used to do then. It was called the feast of weeks in the Old Testament. It was a feast that it was, you know, say on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. So people think that Pentecost means that the day of, you know, they were doing Pentecost feast. Then the Holy Ghost chose that day to come. Do you get what I'm saying? But Pentecost feast had existed from the Old Testament. It was called the Feast of Weeks, right? And what was that feast about? That feast was about celebrating the provisions of God for us. In the Old Testament, they said in the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks, people will bring the, the first fruit of everything. It was during the harvest time. So you bring the first fruit of your harvest and all that, and you bring it to God and wave it and celebrate. It was to celebrate God's provisions. So we see three feasts mentioned there. One was a, was a, a celebration of the deliverance of God from, you know, you know, from sin or from Egypt and all that. The second one was a celebration of the provisions of God. So Paul added, Paul said, I want to, he was hurrying. When somebody's in a hurry, you know, it's like, I want to get to Pentecost. I want to get to that feast. I want to be part of that feast. But then, look at the next verse, verse 17. He called the elders, and that's when he delivered this message I'm about to deliver to you today. But when he landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus, asking them to come and meet him. So, you know, remember he had planted the church in Ephesus, right? When he met those, uh, those five, six people, right? Oh, is it six of them, right? Or twelve? That he laid hands on and he started speaking with his in tongues and all that. And Ephesus took place and all that. So a lot of things have been happening in there. So he called the elders and said, come together. I want to speak to you because I'm about to leave and I'm not coming back again. Hmm. When they arrived, he declared, you know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia. Now. So he continued. And that's, I, want to teach, I want to speak to you about this message. I want to speak to you about activating your feast. Because notice what Paul says in verse 28. As he started talking, verse 28, the, center, the centrality of his message here is he spoke to the leader. He said, so guard yourself and God's people. Feed. Everybody say feed. And shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. So basically, he called the elders together to speak to them feeding the flock and taking care of the flock while he was gone and protecting the flock. So the Acts chapter 20 message of Paul is centered around feeding, feeding, feeding. Amen. Feeding on the word. So that's why I'm titling today's message, Active, Activate your, your Feast, Your Own Feast. Amen. So let's get into it. I'm going to be speaking to you uh, today. My goal is, I want to stir up in the heart of every one of us a renewed desires, a renewed desire, I mean, to study the word for growth. We can't grow without studying the word. Amen. In that same Acts chapter 20, verse 32, look at this passage that what he spoke to them, verse 32. He said, Now I entrust you to God. 
and the message of his grace. If you can give me ESV, ESV says, and the word, because that word there, that you know, message there is, you know, is translated from the Greek word for word. And to the word of his grace. The word of what? His grace. Look at what the word is able to do. Which is able to build you up. To build you up. How many of you in this place are bodybuilders? Anybody bodybuilders? Muiwa. Are you bodybuilder? Lake on bodybuilder. Guys, oh yeah, 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 bodybuilder, yeah, you know, yeah. Any lady here, bodybuilder? To build you up. Now, <laughs> to build your body, what do we need? So you need to feast, and then you need to carve it through fitness, right? You carve it by pumping iron and pumping all kinds of stuff. Amen. So, <laughs> Paul was speaking about spiritual growth in this place. You see, there are, there are two major things, two major reasons why you've got to grow spiritually. The first one is so that you can have stature in the spirit. Everybody say stature. <laughs> spiritual bodybuilding. Do you know that there are some of us who are very flabby in the spirit? <laughs> Don't even imagine it, you know. Just try to imagine, you know. If God should open up our spirit and let everybody see our spirit. There are some spirits that are pot bellies. There are some spirits that are flabby. You know, how many of you have ever, ever heard of Keneko Plan before? Keneko Plan, you know, the guy that teaches. And all that. It was actually a vision that he saw. His teaching ministry started when he saw a vision of God showed him a vision of people's spirit. And he saw all kinds of deformed spirit. And God said, I want you to go and teach them so that they can have what? You know, spirits that are healthy. Let me ask your neighbor, how is your spirit? Come on, say this. Are you fit? Are you fit spiritually? Ask, are you fit spiritually? How are you flabby spiritually? No, no business here. Are you flabby spiritually? And you know, just like bodybuilding, right? The fact that you built your body in the past does not mean that it continues. You have to maintain it, right? <laughs> so somebody said, but I was fit spiritually some years ago. I was very fit. And I, you know, I cast out devils and I, I, I was, you know, I was this, I was that. The question is not what you wear. The question is what are you now? Have you, be, have you become a couch potato spiritually? Are you a spiritual couch potato? Amen. Are you a spiritual couch potato? Or are you, are you actively building yourself? So it tells us the word is able to build you up. So the second one is I said stature. So listen, we have, all of us have different status. Pay attention. Sorry, we have the same status. In the kingdom of God, when we are believers, we have the same status. You know, that was we're all children of God, but we don't have the same stature. You need to write that down. We have different what? Status. Or is it how do you pronounce it? Status. Is it status? Or status? Or status. In Nigeria, we call it status. 
status, 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 status. Okay, good, thank you. You know, she's, you know, finance, you tell me. So, status. So we have, diff- we have the same status. I would say we have the same status. We're all children of God, but we don't have the same stature. Write it down. Tweet it. We have the same status, but we don't have the same stature. So stature is how you have worked based on your status, what you have done with what he has given you is what? Stature. So that's why you will see the same believers with the same rights, the same status before God, righteousness and all that. We have the same status before God. And you will see both of them standing and speaking. And then one will speak and the devil will hear. Another one will speak and the devil will say, what are you saying? They have the same status, but not the same stature. Status is given to you. It's just like when you are given your citizenship. He said, do you have status in the United States? Have you heard it before? What's your status? Oh, I'm a citizen of the United States. So you have it either by birth or by naturalization and that status. But you don't have the same status. You don't have the same stature as the president or the senator. Do you get what I'm saying? Even though you have the same status as citizen, but you don't have the same stature. You get the difference? So our goal is not, you see, people make the mistake that spiritual growth is about your status. No. You need to start by knowing your status. But spiritual growth is about your stature. That's what we are, well, that's what this is all about. It's about building up our stature in such a way that when the devil sees, he says, Paul, I know. David, I know. And you know, but who are you? I know David. Because I, I know his stature. I know <clears throat> this guy got the whole hammer of God activated. Did you guys get the difference? Lift your hand and say with me, say, I am going to build my stature. Say, I'm going to grow in stature. I'm going to grow in wisdom from my status as a member of the kingdom. I hope you got that. So it's about stature. So, so when you see when you so about stature, and then said, so the next thing is that when you have when you when you build yourself up, you know, in stature, the other thing is that there's an inheritance that belongs to everybody who is in covenant with God. Those who are sanctified, not are saints. There are some things that God has given us. There are some things that we have access to. The Bible says some of those things, you will never be able to have access to them except you are built up in stature. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, this is not in my text, but I'm just flowing. Amen. Wherever I get to, I'll stop. I've not even got into my thing. Galatians chapter 4, Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. He said, think of this this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves. Until they grow up. They're not much better than slaves until they grow up. In other words, they they have status, but they don't have what? The stature to be able to handle it. Even though they actually own everything their father had, even though they own it, but their stature is not there yet. But what does the father do? What does he do? Verse 2. He said they are placed, they have to obey their guidance until they reach whatever age their father set. 
So when they reach that age in stature, then they will say, this is the inheritance that belongs to you. Do you get the difference? Sorry, do, you, sorry, do you understand? Do you get it now? So as a believer, you have everything by status. You are a joint here with Christ. I'm a joint here with Christ. I'm a joint here with Christ. Healing belongs to me. Righteousness belongs to me. All these things belong to me. But then I have to grow in my knowledge so that I can be able to access them continually. So stature is usually the difference. So let's go back to Acts 20. So that was the summary of Paul's message today. It was like, I'm, I'm leaving Ephesus. I've done this thing for these three years. I'm going now for the Feast of Pentecost. And you guys are not going to see my face again. But before I leave, this is what I want to tell you. Elders, feed the people. Everybody, I'm committing you to God's word. I know God's word is able to build you up and to give you your inheritance among the sanctified one. God's word has the ability to make you. Through God's word, you can become whoever God has called you to be. The secret to spiritual growth is the word. It's your feasting in the word. The difference in stature is how we engage the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to be one to grow in stature in this place. Say, I am going to grow in stature. Those of you watching me online, type it in there. Say, I want to grow in stature. And that comes through the word. So I want to quickly do that. How do we feast to grow? How do we feast to grow? The first one, quickly, I'm going to do it very, very fast. The first one is prescribed feasting. So I have, you know, seven points I'm going to just quickly rush through. How do you grow spiritually? How do you feast in such a way to grow? Prescribed feasting. I ever say prescribed feasting. <laughs> you know, if you talk to David, you know, David asked the power piece. Ever say power piece. Produce plus priority. Priority Priority protein for produce is peak performance. You know? yeah. In other words, you can't just eat anything. <laughs> you can't just eat anything if you want to grow spiritually. It's not just anything. How many of you like ice cream in this place? <laughs> How many of you like cake in this place? You like cake? <laughs> you don't like cake. Okay, so you like everything. Okay. So the bad news is that your mouth wants that, but it's not necessarily good for your body. Patrick, you know, there are people who want a particular kind of, even spiritual food, but it's not balanced. No, this, this is what I want to show you. Let's read the scripture there. So as Paul was talking to the elders, I'm just going to be showing you some things he said to them. So let's do, let's do that very quickly. Uh, in under prescribed, he said, he was talking to them. He said, I never shrank. That's in Acts 20, 20. He said, I never shrank back, listen, from telling you what you needed to hear. Either publicly or in your home. What you needed, not what you desired. Do you get the difference? What you need versus what you desire. You desire ice cream, but you need vegetables. Are you listening? So when it comes to Bible study too and feasting, do you know that people get excited about some kind of messages? 
Those messages are good. They are like dessert. Ah, today I came to tell you, no matter what is going on in your life, God is opening a new door for you. I came to tell you that your past is gone and God is opening something new for you. As you leave this place today, somebody is waiting for you with a thousand dollars. Come on, stand up and shout hallelujah everybody. So the old church is excited. <laughs> Come on, stand up and tell, tell several people. You know, that's good. Dessert. Or treats. That's true. God moves. God, God, God allows us to eat spiritual ice creams. Are you listening? But there are certain messages that you need to hear. That while you are hearing them, you are like uh, eating vegetables. The same thing. Still speaking to them. He said, I declare to you today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. Next verse. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. All that God wants you to know. You know what? I'm not, you know, you know, you know, you know the way we do like our messages, our city life, and all that. that we, we rotate it around different things, all throughout, so that you cover different things. And now we're studying through the Bible so that you're going to hear a message, whether you like it or not. A Bible master class, you're going to hear something that you will not go and study sometimes on your own normally. Because most of the time, what you want to hear is what you love. You know, those, that's what we love. Look, look at it. Don't take my word for it. Second Timothy 4 2. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Look at it. 2 Timothy 4, 2. Uh, Paul speaking. He said, preach the word of God. Preach the word. Not your opinions. Do you get it? Preach what? Not the topics that you feel the people are going to like. Preach the word of God. Be prepared. Whether the time is favorable or not, patiently correct. Rebuke. And encourage your people with good teaching. Because the time is coming. A time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and awesome teaching. They will follow their own desires. And will look for teachers who will tell them whatever they are itching here wants to hear. So they will just be looking for the ones that can tell them the thing that they need to hear. You say, ah, you know, I don't, I don't like Pastor Moss preaching. It's too harsh. Yeah, you need it. So I like when Joyce is talking. She's so nice as sweet. <laughs> He's always very gentle. And, you know, and, uh, Pastor Peace is very comforting. When she's speaking, she just speaks and you know, you 
I mean, you feel the compassion. I'm sorry, sometimes you have to feel the compassion by some hot messages. You got to hear everything. You got to hear what? Everything. It's part of your growth. It's part of your growth. Listen, we all need somebody to tell us sometimes and to teach us the truth of the word of God and say, you are wrong. Correct that or you are in trouble. Not just all the nice ones. I know the things you go to on YouTube now. You know, like, hey, and then you are dancing. You know, it's good. It's good to dance when you hear the word of God, but sometimes you need to hear some word of God and what you sit down and think. And say, yeah, I need to. You know, you should have those kind of people in your life. Have people that challenge you that way and those people who encourage you the other way. You become a more balanced believer. It's what you need to hear. Someone say, what I need to hear. So that's what I call prescribed feasting. Please, let me, let me hear this by saying, this particular one. Develop the habit of reading scriptures Scripture systematically. You get it? Systematically. Even passages that seem hard to understand or uninteresting. The way you do that is that you have either an annual plan. There are a lot of plans on Bible, you know, on this Bible app and all that. That you, you, will, you will be forced to read through the ones that you don't like. <laughs> and to think about it. And then you get to the ones that you like. So that's how you get a balanced diet. Spiritually. Can I get an amen? Good. Number two, public feasting. Public feasting. Public feasting. So, prescribed feasting. Public feasting. What about public feasting? Listen, just like what we're doing right now, it's public feasting. It's very important for you to join other people who are studying the word. The Bible Masterclass is a public feast. It's a public feast. We sit down together and we're going through the Bible, I mean, verse by verse, on every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m., every Wednesday, online now. You can listen to it in the, in the comfort of your home. We're going through the Bible. People are asking questions. They're being addressed. We're going to step by step. That is a form of public feasting. Paul said, look at what he said in, I, he said um, in verse... Please show it for me, you know, that passage there. It says in verse 20 of Acts chapter 20, it says, come on, show it. Hallelujah. He said, I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either what? Publicly, or what? So first of all, these people were studying the word of God publicly. So that's what I mean by public feasting. You know, it was, let's get together and study the word. Like, well, you know, what we're doing right now. You know, bring your Bible. Look into your Bible. Write these things down. You see, what public feasting does, what public feasting does is that it supplements what you are studying privately. And then it also gives you ideas on what you can study more on privately. Public Public feeding is not supposed to substitute for your own private feeding. No. It's supposed to supplement. It's supplementary. It's like vitamins. Do you get what I'm saying? Food supplements. Coming to church is not the main food. Are you listening to me? It is the supplement. It is vitamin A, vitamin B, vitamin C. 
but you cannot survive by just studying publicly alone. You, just like you can't survive on vitamins alone. I take a lot of vitamins, but I, read, I need the real food. Do you get what I'm saying? You can't survive on vitamins. Believers who come to church, and that's the only time they open their Bibles or go into the Word of God and study, they are living on vitamins alone. And before long, they are going to, de they are going to develop toxicity. Or a lack of something. Public is supposed to supplement what you have. And also to introduce you to new things that you can go deeper. Like what I'm teaching today, go deeper into Acts chapter 20 in your own private time. Which leads me to the next type of feasting. Private feasting. Number three. Private what? Feasting. This is the essential way that we grow spiritually. Nobody as a believer that wants to grow in stature you cannot be spoon-fed. Nobody gets spoon-fed to stature. Nobody gets spoon-fed to becoming very productive and being able to tap into the inheritance of the Father for their lives. The people who get to that stature are people who develop the habit of private study. Private study. You know, before... I mean, I just pray. I pray for our young people. I know, you know, they are hearing us, older people. I just pray. You know, in those days before, we had all these computers and all that. When we were young, we had Vine's Expositionary Dictionary of the Greek. It was a big book. Even to find it, we have photocopies of it because we couldn't get the originals in college in Nigeria. We couldn't get it. They were all in the United States. And if you found it in Nigeria, it's just a few people that had it, and it's very expensive. So we we'll get it from the person that has it. We we'll go and photocopy it. So we have photocopies of Vine's dictionary. We had strong concordance, strong exhaustive concordance of the Bible. We had photocopies of it. We had photocopies of all these Bible eggs. So when we're studying the Bible, we're able to look at the Greek. But now those things are available like water. All you just need to do is just Siri, open me Vine's exposition. Or Alexa, can you open me Strong's? Or strong number one, two, 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 four. What does it say? And then Alexa will tell you. Those things are easy now. If I ask you, what is the Greek word for love? And where is agape? Just one of them. You know? Or if I say, oh, we're studying this thing right now. You know what? You know what? What? You know what was the context of it and all that? You know, a lot of believers will just be, isn't mm, uh, mm, the Bible? You know, some of you cannot even remember. They said Moses, Moses, Moses brought the wall of Jericho down. I mean, you've had people. So many. <laughs> because we don't go deep anymore. We don't study the word. We need to study the word. What is the issue facing you right now? You need to do a word study of the entire, what the Bible says about the entire thing. That's what I, that's what I do. If I'm facing a particular issue, I'm going to go from Genesis to Revelation using all these tools to see what the Bible says. And I'm going to sit down with it and think, and then from it, I'll form a philosophy for addressing the thing. Do we still do that? Have you ever taken time to study about what the Bible says about singleness? What does the Bible say about the opportunities for singleness, the preparation for single, uh, uh, the preparation in singleness? What does the Bible say about protection in singleness? What does it say about this? What does it say about marriage? What does the Bible, what does the Bible say about money? What does the Bible say 
uh, you know, about relationships. What does the Bible let's see, let me even see? Let's read through what does the Bible say about children? What does the Bible say about calling? What does, that is what is called biblical theology. When you trace the whole counsel of God, Paul used that word in Acts 20. He said, I declare to you the whole counsel of God. You trace the whole counsel of God about a particular issue and you come up with your worldview about that. Many of us, we have holes in our worldviews because we've not gone through what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about same-sex marriage? What does it say about abortion? What does the Bible say about uh, justice? What does the Bible say about this? You come up, you come up with, with the truth about it that you have gotten from the Word of God and you can stand without being moved by anything because you know what the Word says. What does it say about creation? What does it say about resurrection? What does it say about the Holy Spirit? What does the Bible say about all this stuff? I must say private feasting. I encourage everybody, just like Paul said, I commend you to God's word that is able to build you up and to give you your inheritance among those who are sanctified. I want you to get into the word. Sometimes put that phone down. That phone is not a Bible. It is Facebook and Instagram and Bible combined. It's everything inside it. Wikipedia, everything is in there. Put it aside. Get a Bible. Get what? A Bible. Maybe, yes, like that one. Nice one with Pastor Omo there. That smells nice. And if you still want, if you still want to protect the trees, you don't want trees to die, you understand? And all that. Yeah, get maybe your computer. Get things that just allow every, you know, there's where you can stop all notification and everything. And that's the only thing that you are stopping that. That thing, we use it as writers, we use it that you can stop everything when you're writing. Everything stops coming and you, you can focus on writing. There are softwares that do that. But I'm telling you that all this one of reading the Bible and then checking Instagram and CNN at the same time doesn't work. Someone say, I'm getting into the word. Prolonged feasting. Prolonged feasting. I'm going to, quick, I'm going to finish this thing very quickly. Uh, prolonged feasting. Please go, go there for me. I already talked about private feasting. Prolonged. I would say prolonged. Prolonged. So, so sometimes in spiritual growth, like when you want to, you know, this is called a diet, right? You, you call it, you know, Brother David, you know, this is a diet. Like sometimes you go for an extensive period of time on a particular diet because you want to build one aspect, right? And then you go off it later. Also, when it comes to spiritual stuff, a lot of people don't know that there are sometimes when you have to do some prolonged feasting. It's not all the time that you have to do prolonged feasting, right? But sometimes you do prolonged feasting because you are trying to build a particular thing into yourself and then you can move on. So I had this, this interesting story took place in Acts chapter 20. Let's see one prolonged feasting. So the upstairs room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps. So it was night. And Paul spoke on and on. Like Pastor Lan, on and on. Pastor Mo is like Pastor Lan. Look at your turn. It's minus 10. On and <laughs> A young man named Eutychus. That's a nice name too. <laughs> Sitting on the window still. Became very drowsy. How many of you are feeling drowsy right now? Paul is going on and on. But the problem with this guy was that he was not feeling drowsy inside the auditorium. 
He was really drowsy by the window on top. I think they were at the top, upper room, and he was sitting by the window. He fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. I mean, at least I have preached people to sleep. I've never preached anybody to death. <laughs> so, I think I've seen better than Paul, you know. He preached people to death. <laughs> By going on and on. But the good thing is that Paul had stature in the spirit. So look at what he did. Verse 9, verse 10. Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said, he's alive. Verse 11. Verse 11. Then they all went back upstairs. <laughs> you, th you think Paul is going to stop? They shared the loss of her and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn. <laughs> Can you imagine? You are in service. Somebody has already died. You have to go and wake him up. You go back again. You continue. Oh, on. <laughs> on and on again. Till morning. <laughs> Paul is like, you die, I will wake you up. You stay. <laughs> stay in this world. <laughs> so that is not an excuse. <laughs> We're having a whole night prayer this Friday. This upcoming Friday. From what time to what time? From what? 10 to 1. That's not even all night. That's just half night. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to be praying the word. Join in. You see, my wife and I will tell you, how was our growth when we were in college? What was the main catalyst of our spiritual growth. All night prayer, right? Remember all those all night prayers that will start from night till morning. Listen, you know the day I got to know that I was supposed to come to America? I had the first vision of America. I was praying all night and studying the word all night on a Friday night till morning. I was reading a book by Robert Lydon. And that's when I got to a particular point. I just started seeing vision of the United States. It was doing an all night prayer. Prolonged feasting. Prolonged feasting. You know, this week I needed a breakthrough in a particular area. I've been working on the, I'm trying to work on the leading light. It's called leading light purpose in the workplace. So we're about to do a new leading light for people who are at work, you know, in the different companies and all that. And I've been trying to get a breakthrough. Do you know that I went on a one week break, not break, one week alone to saturate myself in that thing. Until it started to flow. And I went very far in writing that curriculum. It was a prolonged feasting. Prolonged. When you spend some time to do prolonged feasting, what happens is that you come out. And when you come out, your face begins to shine. Exodus 34 verse 29. Exodus 34 verse 29. I just want to quickly show you that. There's something about the word of God that causes your face to shine. When Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the true stone tablet, inscribed with the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become what? Radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. He had been with God for 40 days and 40 nights. He was just talking to God in the word of God, right? So when he came out, he didn't know that his face was shining. 
It was, verse 30, it was the people that saw it. When Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. By being with God, and you know, the Bible says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was what? Second, second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Please show it for me. Second Corinthians 3, verse 18. Talking about this experience. Paul was referring to this experience of Moses. Paul came to the conclusion. He says, so Moses had to cover his, his face with a veil, right? So Paul is a New Testament believer. If I go up to verse 16, you see that he was talking about Moses there. But because of time, he says, but now, this is what I'm saying. So all of us, well, verse 17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? For, where the, for the Lord is spirit. And wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Do you get what I'm saying? So he was talking about Moses earlier. What happened to Moses? So he now said, all of us now, verse 18. He said, all of us now, we have had the veil removed. We can see and reflect the, the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. So he's saying that as you are spending time with the word, right, because our faces are now unveiled, because the spirit of God is present, we are being transformed more and more into the glory of God. That's what happens when you take time to do some prolonged feasting. If you want a change and a breakthrough, take some time. Say, take some word vacation. Ever say word vacation or word staycation. Take a word feast to get into the world. Say, I'm coming out, you know. There was a minister that said it, and I've had experiences like that in my life. He said, I took all the things I could get about finances and all, and I came out. When I finished, I said, I can never be poor again in my life. And that, that's true in the person's life up until now. Somebody said, I can never be sick again. You just get the revelation. Because you spent some prolonged time feasting. Did you guys get that? Public, sorry, prudent feasting. Prudent feasting. Prudent feasting. So, Brother David will tell you also that there are all the food that we have in the supermarket and you have in the grocery stores. Some of them are tainted. Isn't that true? So that's why sometimes they say go for the organic but even the organic, you know, they have some commas or whatever. But at least what I'm saying is go for pure food. Like go, because it's not everything that is in the market that is healthy for you. So be careful when you are studying on the internet. Be careful when you are listening. Let's read it. Prudent feasting. To be prudent means to be cautious, to be careful, and to be guarded. That's what prudent means. To be careful, to be cautious, and to be guarded. Let's read it. We read it earlier, verse 28 to 30. It says, so guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church. Purchase with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. Verse, I know that false teachers, like vicious wolves, will come in. This may come in. They will come in. Now, they don't usually not usually come into the church. Now they come into the church through the internet. Or they might be your friends or at work and all that. They will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and what would, what would they do? They won't speak the lie, direct lie. They will just what? Distort what? The truth. Do you get it? They will just distort it. You know, when somebody tells an outright lie, 
Like, for example, somebody comes to you and says, there is no Jesus. Ah, you run in and say, this one is crazy. But when the person says, there is Jesus, he's a good man, he was a good man, but he's just a historical figure. But he's not the son of God. So what happens is that they will twist the truth so that you can feel some truth inside of it, but there's a lie hidden there. It's a Trojan us. Distortion. Distortion is the worst thing. Because it brings deception. Because you actually believe that is the truth. A lot of people who listen, who do not take time to study the word of God and judge the, you know, the word that they hear, they are living by distortions. It's very similar to truth, but it's not totally the truth. And the reason is because they want to draw a following. You know, when you, when you twist it a little bit and make it sound nicer, whatever, some people will follow you, right? That if somebody is giving you raw, like you're getting a raw, <laughs> you know. Everybody say, say prudent feasting. Say, I gotta be prudent. I gotta be careful. How do you become careful? How do you become careful? The first thing, please listen. The first thing, how, to, how do you know when you are hearing falsehood? The Bible tells us that there is a system that he has put inside of us that will let us know. First John chapter 2, verse 27 says there's something that God has put inside of you so that you will be able to detect the truth. First John 2, 27. You know, it says, you have received the Holy Spirit and it lives within you so that you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what it teaches you is true. It's not a lie. So, just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Verse 26 tells us why he was saying this. Verse 26 tells us why he was saying this, that you have the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm writing this thing to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. I'm writing this thing about those who want to lead you astray. That you know what? Check your spirit. You get what I'm saying? Check your spirit. And then the, the next thing about prudence is Acts 17, verse 11. We already studied that. It says the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. It is not an insult if you go and check and say, is this true or not? Any teacher of the world or anything that you hear should be open to challenge. Amen? Like, he's like let's, let's look at it. You know, boom, you know, do you get what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong. He said, when, the, when one prophet is speaking, he said, another prophet should be quiet and judge. We need judgment in the church. Do you get what I'm saying? Not condemnation, another, but we need judgment to everything. Submit whatever revelation you are getting in your feasting. Make sure you allow it to be challenged. So that you don't get astray. You don't, you don't, I mean, sorry, it doesn't lead you astray. Can I get an amen, everybody? Now say, Pastor Lam, finish this message now. Say it, say, finish this message. I'm glad nobody has died. Nobody's going to die. I'll do number, number six and seven together. Number six is propagating feasting. And number seven is practicing feasting. So let me talk about what I'm, because they're interrelated. interrelated. Propagating feasting and practicing feasting. Propagating feasting is this concept of the fact that when you are sharing what you are learning, you tend to grow more in what you are learning. Do you get it? When you are sharing it, you tend to grow more in what you are learning. That's why I'm practicing feasting means you do what you are learning. You, you put it into practice, no matter how little it is. 
That's part of how you grow as a believer. So, you will notice that people who teach the word of God, like they sincerely teach the word of God, they have to study more, and then you find out that they start growing. As well, if they're genuinely, you know, you know, studying that word, living it, and teaching it. What I've discovered is that revelation grows inside of me for myself when I'm sharing it with other people. Paul said in Acts 20, verse 35, he said, and I've been a constant example. Acts 20, verse 35, he said, I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. So you work hard on your own, your study and everything. You should remember the word of Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to what? To give than what? You see, as I'm doing this, thing, you guys are getting blessed. But do you know who is getting the most blessed? More. Because I'm giving. You are receiving. But what City Light wants to help people to do is we don't want you to be a receiver alone. We want you to be a giver. That's why I'm always excited. I love Patrick. I love what you are doing with your uh, what's that? What's it called? Your podcast. You know, I love things like that. I love when people come out and they are teaching the word. When you are giving out. When you say, Joyce, you know, I'm going to you know, lead the single small group. Or I'm going, to, I'm going to take on this thing. I'm going to, you know, sometimes when you want to do it, you don't feel like you want to do it. You don't feel like it's going to be convenient. But you know that part of the growth of a believer is that you must be outputting. You must be giving out. You see all the people in church, they are doing, you know, they are doing something. And we want more of that. Pastor, what was that thing? Uh, the nuggets that you, uh, that you do? The sheep nuggets. We have all these groups. Facebook, I mean, WhatsApp groups and all that. Put something in there that is related to the topic of the group, please. <laughs> and that is you speaking. Nobody, you know, but if you just, you just get all in all kinds of junk and put it in there, that's when you get kicked out of groups. I'll kick you out if I'm there. Do you get what I'm saying? Output, propagate. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts 20 verse 22. And now I am bound. Oh man, I love this. this, I, tell you, this is one of my, I told you before that this is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. Yeah, Acts 20 22. It's one of my favorite. He said, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. Verse 20. I don't know what awaits me. Go on, go on, go on. Verse 23. Except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. Verse 24. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord. Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. My life is worth nothing except I use it. My profession is worth nothing except I use it. My job is worth nothing. My family is worth nothing. My money is worth nothing. Except I use it for propagating the gospel of the Lord Jesus. The propagating feaster. 
Use your social media to propagate the word. Stop hiding from your friends. Get out of the closet. You are a believer. Get out. They are not shy about their beliefs. They come out. Why are you hiding? Come out. Tell your truth. Tell them you are a feaster. You are a believer. Your life is, your life is worth nothing. Listen, everything that we have, that's what I say, is worth nothing. Except we use it for the propagation of the gospel. It's worth nothing. Rise up on your feet. Amen. How many of you were blessed today? Let's talk to God. Lift your hand and talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, today I want to become a feasting believer. I want you to pray fervently because it's a spirit. It's an attitude. It's an anointing that can come upon people. Those of you watching me online, wherever you are, lift up your voices to God and your hands and pray to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to become a feasting believer. I want to feast. Please show me those things again. As people pray about them, the first one, I want to be what's the first one? I want to be someone who followed the prescribed feasting. Prescribed feasting. Number two, public feasting. I get involved in it. Private feasting. Four, prolonged feasting. Five, prudent feasting. Six, propagating feasting and practicing feasting. I do the things that I'm learning. I want to be there. Lift up your voice, your hands and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray today. Pray for myself. I pray for those watching us online and I pray for everybody in this auditorium. Lord, we come before you today. And Lord, we have not spent as much time as we can with your word. All of us, we have not. We have not. We have spent more time with social media. We have spent more time with the news. We have spent more time with what is going on than to hear from you, our master, and to grow. But we know that this word is able to build us up in stature and to give us our inheritance that belongs to us, our inheritance of salvation, of healing, of all these things that belong to us, of destiny and purpose. The one is able to deliver it to us. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we commend ourselves to the world right now. We commit ourselves to the world right now. We're praying in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you make each and every one of us, Lord, feast us in the word of God. Let us engage in this feast, this feast, this beautiful feast of delicious food in your world that you have placed before us. Let family members, Lord, let, let them come together to study the word. Let fathers begin to teach their children. Let husbands begin to live in their homes and, and teach and propagate the word. Let, let friends teach friends. Let's use our platform. Let's take time to spend, to, 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 let, let's spend time together with you, Lord, so that our faces will shine. Our words will be sharp. Our spirit will be effective. Our stature, statues, stature will grow so that we can be all that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing.
See you next time.